There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. What's up, man? Hey, I hope everyone is as ready as I am to go nonstop into Toy Story lore and talk about Lightyear. I just have so many, so many things to unpack. I've, I have a list. I have just this, this Google Doc. That's all this podcast is going to be about, as far as I know. Spencer may have something else planned. I, I'm not sure. So what I was going to talk about today was not Dan Law field renovations and updates, upgrades and preseason football previews, ah. but the relational distances between Angkor Wat and Giza and Giza and Nunca. Are you... <laughs> This this was a rabbit hole Are you, of you, sacred geometry. I went down this afternoon on oh TikTok talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. And I was like, I recognized a handful of the words. So what briefly he was talking about. So this the, is wait, 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 the great circle of large and very important monuments that circle the globe in a literal like straight line. Oh, Okay. Um, this that is all that, that also have like a relationship to the golden ratio and how, how far apart these, these remote places are from each other. Couple things. Thanks for having us on here. It's, it's uh, Spencer's <laughs> corner. Spencer's geometry corner. Is the golden ratio different from the golden rule? And if so, <laughs> how are they different? I'm, I'm, I, so I've read a book on it like many years ago and I, I couldn't, what? <laughs> It was one of those things that I picked you, up like out of curiosity. I was like, of course you did. Fascinating. Like, like the, the pattern of sunflower seeds, like the kernels and the, and the yes. actual plant, like the way they actually are, they come out of the, the flower. That is fascinating. And then the, I've never considered the it, spiral yes. and yeah. like most anyways, no, I'm, we're not talking about this tonight. That was just something I, I went down. Um, I got, just sucked into the abyss of like TikTok. This one, oh, one, he was a really charismatic presenter, which also helped. Yes. And he had these really finely drafted drawings that he did with compasses and squares and a really fine. I was like, that's impressive. And then he was talking about like, there were, anyways, <laughs> no, no, no. This is a Texas tech sports podcast. Uh, I did meet a would be listener at United the other day. I was, he was helping me unload groceries. And I said, I don't need to help. He came out with me anyways. Hard to talk him out of that. I've learned that <laughs> microphone. Yeah. Like the only, only you can do is like, if you're doing self checkout and yes. you just kind of push the cart into their little stall. 
um, microphone was in the back of the car. He was like, oh, he's like, we have the microphones. I do a text tech podcast. Have you heard of us? He's like, no. <laughs> so you should, you should check it out. 23 personnel and talk tech athletic. He's a high school kid. He probably didn't care at all. He but, might though. He might be listening right now. He might've been really interested into Spencer's geometry corner and it's got sad. It got cut short. Yeah. No, no. Tonight we're talking about baseball, a little bit of baseball. We're going to give yes. a quick update on what's going on in Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. You're, you're like me with Minneapolis, <laughs> Minneapolis. There's a what's couple going of, on? There's a lot of ends. I had some ends. What's going on over there uh, on the premises, the grounds of Dan Field currently? Some football news. There were some tweets about football today. Not only was there a big time commit, but there were some preseason previews. I'm like on the verge of a massive burp. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I can tell it's coming. I'm like hold trying it to scoot away. <laughs> a lot of preseason previews are in the works of being written because uh, we've, we've seen the cover for. Dave Campbell's has been released with McGuire and trailer Jeff trailer. I can only remember Jeff. Um, although uh, anyways, lots of people are getting in on the, in the action. We got a, a friend of the show pick six previews has written a, a preview for Texas tech. Shahan J. Raja from CBS sports, formerly of ESPN and Baylor and Dave Campbell, Dave Campbell. He's, um, he did a big 12 preview, but in that he had specific things to, to talk about Texas tech and Joey McGuire and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to look at his quick preview. Uh, it had to do a lot with the schedule and like Texas tech could be better this year, but their record might not reflect that. And cause it may be a product of the schedule, which we'll talk about. And then what we learned, it'll be short cause we are officially in the off season. Texas tech has no sports competing. There was a uh, new softball coach named Coach Snyder, formerly of Texas A&M, hitting coach, now the head coach at Texas Tech. Can I? Are we allowed to, to whoop on this no. part? No, no, no whooping. Okay, making sure. Welcome, Coach. I so I turned on a minute of an Arkansas baseball game, and they started the whoop pig series. Like done. <laughs> Anyways. They're still playing, but yeah, good, good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Good. I guess for <laughs> because I got to see all these, uh, SEC is God's gift of baseball articles all week because of, because of, uh, how many teams they have in there. So that's great. Yeah. Never gets old seeing SEC being crowned for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, so yeah, before we get into our in-depth Recap and review of all things going on in Omaha. <clears throat> Today's episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate on your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sports drink. That's spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels, S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. Oh, yes, that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. All right, Michael. Yes. Bist du bereit? It's German for, are you ready? Oh. You weren't ready for that. Nine? Ja oder nein? Oh. 
Yes. Yes or no, but that that's actually from Die Hard. Oh, is it really? Die with Hans Gruber? No, no, no. The um Oh the The one in, I have a machine gun ho ho ho. That's the same one. Great Christmas movie, by the way. It's my favorite Christmas movie. What's his name? I'm blanking. I on his love name. Die Hard. It's the best Christmas movie. No movie. <laughs> I love the voice you're doing. Who is around that? Christmas. Who is that? Is even close to the joy that Die Hard gives me. I really don't know. Jeremy Irons. Oh, okay, yeah. It's that one. They have bombs in schools in New York or fake bombs. They're, they were using they're using those as a distraction so they could go rob. Which one's the airplane at the airport? That's not Die Hard. Yeah, I swear there there was a bomb on a plane, and he was trying to get the bomb off of the plane before it took off. Something crazy like that. Anyways, <laughs> hey, while you play gonna, the intro, we're gonna go you, ahead. And we're gonna do some Die Hard trivia. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up while you play the intro. Yes, right, I'm go. ready for some baseball. doing some uh, diehard amityville horror that was this that was a stephen king movie you were thinking of no well what was what was timothy oliphant in it was the four friends they had the they're in this cabin there's this creature that they were trying to get away from <laughs> okay so we did look up the diehard movies during the the intro and yes the second diehard was at the airport that is Die Hard 2. Die Hard with a Vengeance is the third one that Spencer was talking about where they're riding around New York City with Samuel L. Jackson. The fourth one's the one that came out in 07 with friend of the podcast, Raylan Givens of Justified. I'm just kidding. I've never met Timothy Oliphant, but it'd be great if I did. And then a good day to Die Hard. Dreamcatcher. Movie's called Dreamcatcher. Oh, gosh, I couldn't... I think that... That movie has come up a couple of times on this podcast, and I hated that movie. That was one of the few in, in the theater I almost walked out of, and I've never tried to even watch again. It was a little unnecessarily graphic and bloody, gory. And unnecessarily campy. The way that guy from Band of Brothers played the whole dual personality thing was really kind of bizarre. Or whatever it was. I don't remember. Anyway. Who is that? That's uh, Damian Lewis. Yes. Jonesy. Yeah. Tom Sizemore's in this movie. Morgan Damian Freeman. Damien Lewis is an awesome actor. Thomas Jane, Donnie Wahlberg, Donnie. I mean, it's it's a it's a great cast, and you're you would think 
You're hating on it. You almost you walked out. Yes. Actually, uh, I'm a pretty good fan of Timothy Oliphant. Oh, big time. It was in it was in the office too, man. That's right. Do you ever did you ever see or have you ever seen him sit down with Conan O'Brien? Nope. J- just watch any one of his interviews on Conan O'Brien. It's it's just a you know, an 8-minute lesson in orchestrated chaos. He just interrupts Conan all the time. He's usually comes on wearing flip-flops and a t-shirt or something. It, it's just it's great. So any of them, just pick anyone, and it, it, it's fun. So back to men's oh, college world series. Timothy Oliphant should play a baseball player. <laughs> Someone coach. should write a baseball movie for 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 Mr. Oliphant. Uh, he was an athlete in high school because I've watched all these Conan interviews, and possibly in college. I don't remember. I think he went to USC. Probably a huge. Oh, I blanked on the Pride of Mule Shoes name. Lincoln Riley. Huge Lincoln Riley fan. Oh, yeah. I bet. Yeah. They probably hang out now. Buddies. Besties. Mm-hmm. I got stuck between besties and buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere the band started playing. No, that, that they were still happy. Oh. You, you, yeah. You were saying Boomer Sooner. Yeah. Because whenever something that is sort of tangentially related to OU happens, they just start playing. That's all they play. Let's be honest. <laughs> Speaking of Oklahoma. My goodness. Yeah. Talking about Oklahoma baseball, 2-0 and in the men's college world series, which is interesting that they've started to distinguish that. Let's go back to the tape. Did, did I predict them to win last week? Did I predict them to win the college world series last week? Did you? I might have. I know they're not there. They have not done it. <laughs> they are in a fantastic position to make it to the finals series. And they look good. They're 2-0, and which means they have they win one game possibly tomorrow against A&M and they're in the championship series. They've scored 19 runs in two games, Spencer. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, <sighs> Omaha is like really on offensive park. They're insane. Charles Schwab field. Chucky Schwab. Chucky Schwab. It's where I have my the money. Year. It's where I got my Bitcoins. All of them. All .07 of them. Did you see that? I'm sorry to keep, we're, we're just all off the rails. It, this is the off season guys. Trevor so just Lawrence, prepare yourselves. What's up? He, he invested a, a significant money or significant portion of his bonus to Bitcoin. He's lost like 60%. Oh, it's just his bonus. He'll be fine. Yeah, it was like 15 Kids. million. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. He, I, I think he he's lost, lost more than 6 we'll million. I think he's lost <laughs> 6 million because of the value of Bitcoin. Oklahoma, 2-0 and o in Omaha. Omanaha. 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 Um, one win away from the championship series. They would go up against the winner of, well, I guess it's still ongoing, uh, Arkansas Auburn, the winner of that game will face Ole Miss. Ole Miss is in the exact same position Oklahoma is in. They are 2-0 and on that side of the bracket. They've already defeated, well, they haven't defeated uh, Auburn, but, but Ole it's, Miss. It's looking likely. Yeah. Auburn is is down 9-1 to in the ninth. That's, that's about to go final. So they will rematch with, o- sorry, Ole Miss will rematch with Arkansas. The winner of that game, well, if Ole Miss wins, then they're on to the championship series. If Oklahoma wins against Texas A&M tomorrow afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, they will be in the championship series. Yep. Because that will be A&M's second loss, and that's that. Has there been a hotter team to finish the second half of the season than Oklahoma? 
Like they I mean, weren't. A and M was. I don't. Maybe not the whole second half, but A and M was really hot too. They uh, were. They were consistent top ten. They they just hung around. You're right. Oklahoma was you're just right. like, eh, they're, they're, they're okay this year. They're they, they've got they've got pretty good bats and their offense is really good. Uh, pitching and defense kind of suspect. Um, hasn't seemed to matter. I'm going to tell you when it turned around for OU. Was it that Tuesday night in Amarillo? Yes, it was. Oh, golly. I'm pretty sure that Which was... We watched part of it sitting in this room. Recording. That was where it started. Well, Sooners, you're welcome for your national title. <laughs> are we also trying to jinx it, too? Are we Are we Please. kind of rooting oh, but, for it so that we thing. can sound like we're right, but then also, well, of, you know, your national championship, OU Sooners. Of the four possibilities, granted Auburn has got the longest odds at this moment, being down eight runs in the ninth, Arkansas, Auburn, A&M, Oklahoma, or I guess it's five. Um, but Arkansas, A&M, Oklahoma, and Ole Miss. I don't know who I would want to win this year, man. Oh, I don't either. Just, Maybe Arkansas, but no, nah, they're they're obnoxious, man. Woo Pig Sue. I talked about that just a second ago. Just FYI, since April 12th when Tech lost 14-9 to to the Sooners, uh, the Sooners have only lost 10 games. But I haven't done the math. In, in two and a half months. That's yeah. two and a half months ago. They've only lost 10 games since then. That was the beginning. So I really... Have they lost the postseason game yet? Hang on, 10 games. Yes. Because they lost one in the regional. I think they lost to Florida. Yeah. One, Twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five. They're on a twenty-five and ten run since uh, not bad. since dismantling Tech. But yeah, in the in the postseason, they lost. Of course, they didn't lose at all in the Big Twelve Championship. Um, they did lose one game to Florida, two to seven. They did lose one game against Virginia Tech, forcing the third game. And yeah, that's it. So. <laughs> Uh, basically, the last month they've lost two games. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. That is what correct. a time to be hot. Way to go. Yep. Um, Texas A&M eliminated both Notre Dame and Texas, which I was not unhappy to see, but I will never in my life say anything positive about the Aggies. <laughs> Schlossnagel sucks. Ooh, words. Words hurt. Also, I thought it was funny, and their their constant little brother syndrome is just hilarious on the outside. Have you seen their their, their baseball jerseys that say Texas Aggies? Hmm. Texas Aggies. Oh, I instead of Texas A and M, that'd be like if Texas Tech just was like, "We're the Texas Raiders." Well, don't they say the fight in Texas Aggies? Isn't that a thing they say? Yeah, but I, I think it's interesting. Like they're 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 clawing so hard. I, but good for them. They eliminated the Longhorns. That tweet from whoever it was that showed the Longhorn College World Series merchandise at 50% off, like they have an eliminated team section in the store. They're like, they don't even buy something cold yet. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Anyways, Texas A&M, Oklahoma tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss, probably tomorrow. Yeah, probably Arkansas. Tomorrow night? It's looking that way. Top of the ninth, still up 9-1 against Auburn. So that's what's happening up in Omaha. 
Home and a I'm going to stick with that. We, we, we mentioned it uh, when it happened, but the new clubhouse construction is underway at Dunlaw Field. Um, there were pictures that have come out recently. Uh, when was that? The photos were on the 18th, so... Three days ago. Yeah. Saturday. Major progress towards our noon team facility continues. The steel is in place. Would so, you would you look at that third photo for me, Spencer? One, Tell me what you see. Two, three. That's a pump jack. I mean, it's not really. It's a piece of steel. Oh, okay. It's okay. a piece of steel I, in I the air. Legit looking for a pump jack, but the way that it's it's yeah. yes, I got they're, you. They're bringing down a beam on a crane, and the beam is angled at about thirty degrees. Back to Spencer's geometry Sacred corner. Geometry, mm-hmm. and so, so that means somewhere. There's an equal and opposite beam in the golden triangle. Yep. Okay. But anyway, it does kind of look like the photo just at least resembles a pump jack. And I just felt like that was uh, worth pointing out for no reason. We're going to take this opportunity. We're going to continue a conversation that was happening on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter at 23 personnel at punts suck, that's me, Spencer, or at Michael underscore LBK. Do that. That's me. There was a lot of happenings going on and, and mainly because we were tagged in it by Rob bro friend of the show. Appreciate it, Rob and the gambling gauchos talking about renovations and updates for Dan Lawfield. And he was playing around and was going full scale, like just blow it up, build a new stadium, moving it to where the Coliseum used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that space that had been designated as an athletic dorm, Olympic village style living space for athletes that may be still a thing, or maybe it's been put on hold. Um, but there's no construction going on over there. It's like as much as we talked about how the stadium is kind of landlocked in its current location, could move it across the street and do what you want over there without even having to redirect streets and put the athletic village where the baseball fills. Felicities. Again, again, I got caught between two words, field facility where the baseball field is now. I don't know if you would have to move the clubhouse from its current location. It would make sense if the clubhouse was attached to the building. But anyways, I want to play who project manager, construction manager, master facilities planner. It's my favorite video game. Next to farming simulator. Michael McDonald. Yes. What would you like to see? If you like money was no concern. Two is options. It, is it ever? Two options. What would you like to see Texas Tech do to Dan Law Field in its current location, if anything? And or would you like to see something newer built in another location? And what would that look like? I Or do you need time to think about it and I can go first? No, I mean, I think the immediate thing that comes to mind is one that the Gauchos mentioned in its shade. Uh, <laughs> Continue the awning around the... Some form of shade would, would be nice. I, I I think that the park is very fan-friendly as far as uh, viewing the game, which is why you're there. There's there's not really bad seats that I'm aware of. Uh, you know, I've been able to just walk in and general admission, even if I'm kind of down the line, you can just really see every single thing you need to see. Maybe an upgrade on the video board. Which was but, the old football video board. When right. got the new one. Right. Uh, you know, possibly an upgrade there. Uh, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not super 
not someone who attends a ton of baseball games, so I don't have a lot of preferences or creature comforts I feel like it's missing or that, that need to be added. I do think they've they've added the water stations around the stadium, which is nice. If you bring your own water bottle in, you can fill it back up and not have to go buy a bottle of water. And But that they're kind of doing that everywhere. So that, just immediate things, That that's the first thing that comes to my mind on sticking with the original stadium. Otherwise... I think if they're going to move it, and and it might be, I don't know if it would be a scheduling issue, but is there enough land west of UMC where the soccer fields are? Would it make sense to to put it there and move the soccer fields closer no. into? No, I'd I'd keep the the I mean you know where the where the women play. So the the soccer and softball the fields actual are soccer all together. complex, yeah. yeah. That I mean, there just seems like it's a land of it's just a vast land over there. With, with tons of parking. And I'm not sure who owns that land, if it's UMC or Texas Tech. Yeah. I, I'm not sure either. I mean, they're I, different people. You, they're different entities. <laughs> Texas would, Tech is not affiliated whatsoever with UMC, except for they employ Texas Tech physicians, which come from the Texas Tech Health Sciences Center. That's why I get two different bills. You know who else employs Texas Tech physicians? Covenant. Oh. You know who the, who the official... Hospital is of Texas Tech Athletics? Covenant. That's true. Joey McGuire did, did come visit your hospital the other did day. Did come visit the Children's Hospital, one of eight in the state. <laughs> Only Children's Hospital in Co- the city of Lubbock? Come, come back to us. No, come, I'm, come I'm still here, brother. <laughs> I'm still here. You see those uh, pinwheels and kites with UMC on them? That's a lie. <laughs> but, Go on. But it is good to have this. You know, there are a couple of things like this when the spring game and there's a baseball game at the same time, which they tend to try to time that there are times where it's really cool to just roll up park and see one, go check out the spring game and then mosey on over and watch West Virginia or whatever, you know, watch a baseball game at the same time. There's not a ton of days where that overlap happens. So if the baseball stadium were to move somewhere, I don't think you would lose out on that necessarily. Uh, but you know, I think there's, I think the Rawls golf course could just probably do away with the back nine <laughs> and just, just put the, put the ballpark there. You're okay. So it'd be fine. If, if, if that you're, lot like, west if you're of on the, the course, I mean, it's just, have you been out there? It's a fire hazard. Someone needs to do something. I have not played the oh, Rawls course. No, no, not the, not the course itself, but there's an, there's an empty lot just west of the Rawls course between I'm on Google maps, but I've, I've driven out there recently and it's, um, just east of Quaker and, you know, just north of Texas Tech Parkway. That entire lot is full of nine foot tall, dry straw. It is just waiting for someone to flick a cigarette and set the entire golf course on fire. And the city of Lubbock has the goal to enforce weed. Oh, it's nuts. Weed enforcement. Anyway, okay. So you're saying by that. Okay, hold on. There's a Rawls course. You said so the, the that little northwest corner of that lot between Erskine North and North Texas Tech Parkway, mm-hmm. north of Fourth. Sure, sorry, between Erskine and Fourth. And that little could, northwest corner of Quaker Texas Tech Parkway and Erskine. I could get on Parcel Viewer and see who owns that, but I'm not going to say it out loud. <laughs> I'm just curious. Just seems like a bad idea. It's yes, it's public information, but you know, maybe I just shouldn't. 
It could also be in that other other field that you were talking about uh, between Fourth and Texas Tech Parkway, Quaker and Marsha Sharp. You know, north of the John Walker Soccer Complex. There's there's some land there. Yeah, I, I, if, if, I if you're talking about not moving, like if you're going to move it and not be like, we're just gonna we're gonna go wherever we can. Yeah, like, I, I've I've um you know I'm not saying suggesting that just because I'm co- trying to come up with <laughs> with a suggestion, but it's just. I've been out there a lot lately and it's, it's a really cool feel being out there. I mean, I know that doesn't make any sense, but uh, they do have a lot of room. I mean, there's a ton of parking. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a bad thing because you, you know, that's where your RVs are for football season and stuff. And so that parking is filled up a lot during then. And it's, that's also when, soccer games are played. So there's a lot of times you go out there for a soccer game on Friday night and all these RVs are pulled up and some of them are for the soccer game, but a lot of them are probably for the football game the next day and it manages. So you can, you can have enough parking for two things. Uh, I, I don't know if there's enough overlap with basketball. That's also where satellite parking is for basketball. That could be kind of an issue, but there's really not many basketball and baseball games going on at the same time. Uh, so anyway, that that's kind of a, that's my only thought is it just seems like there's, there's room out there. There's already infrastructure there. Maybe they could, if they wanted to start over, they could try there, uh, depending on, like you said, who owns it and how all that works. All right. So I would say, what would you say? In it's current location. I think you need to extend seats. I don't know about the third baseline. I don't know how much space you have to do it. And maybe not with the new clubhouse. You need to extend seats as far as you can down those foul lines. Yes. Right field, I think you can go all the way to the corner and even maybe wrap around. Get some outfield seats. Well, that's where the bullpen is, though, right? But you can go around the bullpen. Oh. Well, that'd be kind of fun, too. Like, behind them? Like, to, to be able have, to... Have, like, like, a, like maybe eight rows deep next to it, and then the, the bullpen kind of cuts out, and then you have, like, six rows or eight, whatever, behind it, and then pick up, you know, over to the... Uh, you're not going to have space until the scoreboard. No, but that would be fun as a fan, you know, to, to just get you to got all really the see the bullpens, get to see everything going on but, but from a, from a bird's eye view, basically the space is already there, at least on the right field side to put stuff in without having to do too much. Um, left field, a little home run porch out there the, to block the, the balls from hitting that parking shack. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't hurt. <laughs> And then be behind the the opposing bullpen would be pretty cool. Um, I don't know what, what you can do about shade. I don't know if extending the awnings would do anything because of just the way the stadium is situated. And I don't think you'd want to turn it because you already it's already probably the best possible orientation you would want it. Um. I don't really care so much about adding more luxury seats. I, I realize that like that's a that's a big time draw for the people in charge for bringing more and more money. But there's already such a long wait list for season tickets that if you were to add like even reserved, like expand out and and and, and maybe put like open general admission bleachers out further, you know, out past the infield, you know, from the infield dirt, the outfield grass, all the way to the wall, make those general admission, and then do reserve seating infield all the way around. 
Yeah, there's got to be kind of a happy medium there because it's great. Like, you can add you can add more seats, get more yeah. people into these games. It's great that Texas baseball team is that popular, and and you know these seats are that sought after. But uh, it sure does make it kind of hard to to go to a, a game sometimes. Oh, okay. Bad news. West of Rawls Course is a flood zone, so probably can't develop there. Well, then what you got to do is you got to lift it up and, and have it be on like a, just an elevated park. Well, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get some of that Cody Campbell money and haul in a bunch of, of dirt. It'll be it'll be fine. Okay, so looking at an overhead picture, and I, gosh, I wish I so wish there were there was space to do this. Okay, seating to extend, like I said, right field and then around the corner. That track is there, so maybe you don't have any like actually at the corner. Mm-hmm. So maybe like there it, it has like a like a 90 degree break there. But then you get, you know, a good amount of, of space from the, the foul line in right field until the Texas Tech bullpen. You can get a good little section there without having to impact the, the track there. Um, you couldn't go any more central past the, the bullpen until you get to center field. So it's going to be between the, the batter's eye and the scoreboard. That'd be a real small section, probably not worth it. And then coming around, you'd have to figure out logistics with the street. But then once you get past the camera well, which is just, what is that, uh, west of the batter's eye, you've got all that space over there. Granted, there's a street back there. Like I said, you have to be very cautious about that. Um, you put seats. Yeah. I know they do temporary seats out there for regionals and super regionals. Make those permanent. Or you can do what, uh, who did he say that did that? He was a new coach. Was it the, the coach at, at Texas? Like the first thing he did when he got there is he had them move the outfield fence in. Oh, wow. You, you, you can make Dan Lawfield even more batter friendly. That's still so wild to me that baseball's just that, kind of the little wild west like yeah our park's gonna be a, a hitter's park we're just gonna we're just gonna decide that right now because the, the, the tennis starting now like okay we we, we talked about the, the difference in elevation all that kind of stuff the the wall the center field wall at tennessee's ballpark 385 feet danlaw field 404 it's 20 feet because the air is thinner up here it is but you couldn't you saw them like I I I made the argument against Georgia Southern. I was like, well, if, if there was a hitter's park, you'd see a lot more home runs. Georgia Southern's park is the same elevation as Tennessee. Granted, you're getting a lot better athlete at Tennessee. I get that. They hit a hundred more home runs than Georgia Southern did. Hundred. Just because of a twenty feet. Well, no, they, those were the same size. It was the same size field essentially. Well, shorter than Lubbock. Well, yeah. Oh, I see. But you didn't compare it to. Yep. I, so you 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 can bring apples the oranges you, is you, what I did. You can bring the left field fence and make it like a or that or or you bring it in but make it taller. So you go like not like Fenway style, but you can kind of make up the difference. You bring the the outfield, you make it shorter, the distance from home plate in shorter, but make the wall taller and get some seats out there that way. It's good looking. It's good looking stadium from the air. You look at the same picture I am probably. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, yeah. Anyways, so that's what I would do if you're going to, if you're going to keep it where it's at, you're already obviously underway with the construction of the new 
clubhouse. Um, you with the building that's already there. I don't know if they have any plans to remove that or whatever. I don't think you can extend seats third base wise until you get around to left field. You've got opportunity on right field. You can go out there or out like a home run porch and left. I think your greatest opportunities, more seats. Um, I've never, uh, I, because of what happens in baseball, like I think it happens so fast. I'm not usually a big fan of like going and getting concessions unless I can help it. So like, I couldn't tell you if it's like the concession situation is appropriate. Of all the, of all the things I've experienced <laughs> there, I would say it is. I think I also really like the one, the, that one place, the, the right field one that serves the barbecue. Yes. That's where I, that's where I've been under the bleachers. But in terms of like the lines and number of stops and place. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, I, I kind of, it it was kind of longer at the the one I went to, but the game was during lunch basic, basically like it started at 11. So people were, or 1030. And so people were, you know, eating lunch at the ballpark. So it was probably longer than normal. The other thing that I think, so you did add LED lights to the stadium this year, which is awesome. You didn't play a lot of night games. And I, I get it's kind of cheesy, but it happens in some major league parks. Like you need to have like a Corey, not choreographed, but a, uh, a home run celebration that involves the lights. Okay. Because you, you don't need them to, to, to warm up. If you shut off these lights that the old, that's true. Ballpark lights used to do like you couldn't turn them off. They turned off. You were, you were dark for 20 minutes. Yeah. These, you, know, you can flash them, do all kinds of shows and stuff. That's still, that's bizarre. That's probably bizarre to a certain age group. Like, like in the terms what? of dialing a yeah. phone number or rolling up the window. Yeah. Or it just, you mean when you went to the gym and you, you got that special little, <laughs> that special little needle thing that turned on the lights so that not everyone could just turn on the lights. And they had to wait. You had the idea that we're buzzing. Yeah. And then you just, oh, come on. I got to work about free throws, man. I got to get warmed up. It's 630. Anyways, (laughs) it's 28 degrees outside. There's no heat in this gym. Let's have morning practice. But if we're going to move the ballpark, I I didn't consider going as far away as you did. I would just say flip it over to the Texas tech owns both properties. The Coliseum side. And then just go full on obrate. Just do whatever the heck you want, man. Do tailgating areas. Um, I, w- I would hope you would at, you'd have like, I don't know, 6,000 seats. Yeah. With the ability to expand. It for seems, bigger. And, and you know, it does in, in retrospect, it does seem kind of silly to move it off campus when it's on campus. You know, it's one thing if it's just off campus because that's how it has been and how it's worked, you know, with like the soccer complex, but this, this is on campus now. And so, yeah, probably moving it over to the municipal where it was, if you're going to move it would make the most sense. And then, but then I I would kind of hate to see them just convert that to parking where Dan law was. I feel like they should do something more interesting. Well, the, but, but the can you imagine, athletic I mean, just, complex should, should be over there. Yeah. I mean, really what they should do is just move all of these school buildings because who cares? And, and what's rebuild that building? them somewhere. I don't even know. What's that building out in left field that like is that has the road that goes around it that's really... Well, it's the mechanical engineering building. There it is. 
is over there. And then uh, I guess it's double E buildings over there somewhere too. Kimmy's over there. Livermore Center, which I'm not sure what that is. So w- what I'm hearing is we should, we should, the, the first big abandon, construction. Abandon all the no, engineering no, 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 colleges. The first big construction project is to make a, an engineering complex. One building pushed back a little bit into campus. Oh my But gosh. combine them. Have it be a multi-level facility, six, seven floors, put all the engineering students in there. Also make it look like a calculator. Hey, so the MassCom college took over that building. It's actually really nice. Granted, most of the upper floors were all offices for staff. Like classrooms were like first floor and basement. Which I thought was interesting. They're like they have this whole, like the tallest building on campus and it's being used for Ground floor classrooms and basement classrooms. I think I went in that building once and I can't remember why. I think I was meeting someone there. Never had a class in that building. There's so many buildings on this campus I never set foot in because I was a transfer student. So it was just like, okay, you live in the key. This is where you live. Yeah. This is your home. Anyways. Sometimes we let you in the civil engineering building or the mechanical engineering building because we're nice. Put your sleeping bag in the double E building. <laughs> Post up in the basement. Enjoy yourself. You ready to talk about some football? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Um, yeah, so I, I, I would love to see just more more seats. I don't know if you need more amenities. No, probably not. But possibly at least, shade. At least facilities for, for players, which I think you're getting now. Yes, that's crucial. Or at least you're adding to it now. Mm-hmm. But. All right, let's. Uh, we're actually going to talk about football and not like odds and ends. It'll so you're going to do the you're going to do the whole intro thing. I've got my finger on the button. All right, I'm going to look up some more diehard trivia. All right, let's do it. Chuck keeps it himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown. Two now the end zone. Picked off it, and it's picked off. Pick six. Jeffers. Slager able to escape and end. Seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good! It is good! It is good! Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal! Oh, my God! Can you believe that? Wow! Good uh, John down memory lane there. We're listening to those highlights from this past season like oh man yeah kind of like forgot that, about those that pick six from florida atlantic where the color guy was doing play-by-play and the play-by-play Ten, guy was like <laughs> had him been rolling his eyes so hard i'll have to ask uh keith what he would have done as a play-by-play f- football announcer if his color guy was breaking into his call 
with his own version of play by, I was like, that would have been such an uncomfortable conversation. I don't, if, know, I don't know if he had it with, with the, the color guy or if like the production staff team, like when the commercial, like Brandon, bro, you gotta stop. <laughs> you can't do that. Cause you had, you had that crew two weeks in a row. Um, anyways, good times. Football, footy, footy, football preseason previews are coming out. We're going to look at one from Shehan Jayaraja from CBS sports over under is set for Texas tech at five. Just straight up five fair. He has some projected wins of Murray state, West Virginia, Kansas, Oklahoma. And which would be your four. That was it. That was the end of the list. That was the end of those, the list. Those were, those were the four. I counted four. With the losses, yeah. Houston at NC State, Texas at Kansas State, at Oklahoma State, Baylor at TCU at Iowa State. His reasoning. Why do people think TCU is going to be any damn good? I don't know, because uh, everything I've seen from Dykes is a big old wet fart. <laughs> For, so this is this is from Cheyenne, which you can find his writing. It's, it's in his... It's a free article he's uh, he's tweeted out from his Twitter account. The first year of the Joey McGuire experience at Texas Tech is going to be fun as heck. Results may vary, though, especially with a brutal non-conference schedule that could feature top 10 opponents, Houston and NC State, followed by Texas to open Big 12 play. Several of the most manageable games are on the road, Iowa State, Kansas State, and TCU, while Big 12 favorites Texas, Oklahoma, and Baylor all come to town. The Red Raiders will absolutely steal one of those three marquee home games. Period. A win over Oklahoma for the first time since 2011 to finish the year would have Lubbock on fire, even with a four and eight season. He's taking Texas Tech the under at four. I am perfectly fine with this reasoning and the way he explained it. I always liked the work he he did at um, Texas football. I have admittedly not been able to follow him as well at CBS Sports. I, I wish I could follow him better. But anyway. This is pretty cool. He, he, he's, he's realistic. He gives us a dig. He gives us a sting of some tough truths that we don't want to hear. But then he also says Tech's going to beat OU at home, which the, sounds the like tough, a very Texas Tech thing that can happen. The tough truths are like what he said about your most manageable, winnable games on the road this year. Yeah. He's, you haven't been a great road team. He he ain't wrong. Nothing nothing he said is is just really no. Like you, you the don't, TCU, uh, I don't I don't really get that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's in Fort, Fort Worth. But we've seen Texas Tech has a pretty good showing in Fort Worth. Yes, um, I, I think it's just that that one I could see. I, I I'm sitting at a June twenty first. I, I would take the over here. No, I guess I can't. I guess I'm going to, I would have to push. push. Yeah, I, I, I'd switch. I'm sitting at five wins right now. That's just pretty much where I'm at. I don't think Tech's going to beat Oklahoma necessarily. But, uh, you know, I do think they Of those three, Texas, Oklahoma, or Baylor, which one would you pick? Baylor? I don't I think I have to pick one of those three because um, I don't know. I kind of feel I Those feel are your big home games. I know, but I kind of feel salty against Houston. I think Tech has a chance to beat Houston. No, I do too. I, I'm, I'm talking about the, the three he pointed out. Of the three he pointed out, um, Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor. At home, I, I kind of want to pick Texas. 
I'd love to beat them. Well, well, I mean, me too. But and it, it's not just like a, it, I'm trying to be logical about it. You know, OU, yes, they have a, a new coach. But it's not like they've been in the gutter for the last 20 years or something. It's not like he was fired. Yeah, yeah. Because he wasn't performing. Yeah, And, and the new coach they got is, well, we don't know how he's going to be as a head coach. But he's got a lot of potential and and we wanted him as a head coach yeah and so and all of our a lot of our fans did and he he made the short list the last two or three coaching searches uh on the wish list so uh you know venables is gonna he's gonna be a good coach so i I think beating ou is is gonna be tough beating texas is gonna be tough too but i think uh i would put baylor is probably the toughest one to beat really of those three Based off last year, yes. You you had Baylor down to a field goal, where Texas beat you by five touchdowns. That's true. Neither of those games made any sense. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> okay, so for, for those that aren't super familiar with the schedule, you start off the season September 3rd, sweltering heat. I'm sure it's a 3 o'clock kick. Murray State. Next weekend on the tenth, you host Houston. That I one, think that one is a three o'clock. Pretty I, sure. I think you can beat Houston. I think so too. Not, not to say Houston's not good, but I, I just I just have some hope on that one. The last time you faced them before their Big Twelve opponent, before that's a conference your new game. rival, whether you want them to be or not. Oh gosh, it's your new rival. The following week, you travel to North Carolina. NC State. They're getting some preseason love. They're getting They're like top. somebody picked him number nine. I forgot who it was. It was referenced in an athletic article I read yeah, today. Top ten love there. Um granted I haven't done any research on that, but <laughs> me neither. I appreciate I like the scheduling. I like power five scheduling. It can come if back and bite us in the ass, but I like it too. <laughs> so my ideal scheduling wouldn't have any any FCS, unless it was like a Texas school, but even then, like SFA, Sam Houston, uh, I'm kind of done with that. I'm kind of done with it too, but I at least like. But you, you, you could play. At least like our tax dollars going in <laughs> to a fellow Texas school. You could play other Texas schools without going to FCS. North Texas, SMU, UTEP, UTSA, Texas State. Ooh, Abilene Christian. Take on the fight in Keith Patterson's. Well, we're going to 2028, baby. Also, it's something I agree with on the Gaucho's podcast, talking about how stupid it was to schedule out 10 years in advance. Oh, when COVID showed it was possible to do it in six days. Yeah. Behind like some guys with some bourbon had a meeting and like, yeah, okay, we'll play in six weeks. Six days. Yeah. Ridiculous. (laughs) It's crazy. It doesn't have to be this insane. And all the TV guys are like, okay, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll have a camera crew there. We're streaming now, so who cares? Yeah. So that's your non-conference schedule. Murray State, Houston, NC State, then non-conference starts at home versus Texas, on the road at Kansas State, on the road at Oklahoma State, and then you get a bye. Michael, your record at the bye may be atrocious. Ooh, it's going to be. That might be a rough you might be hoping it for the bye week. It could be one in five. You're, you're probably most realistic is going to be two and four. Is that realistic, though? Most I said, realistic? I mean, I mean, 
not most realistic, but most realistic best case scenario. <laughs> most realistic best case is two oh, and I'm four. Sorry, guys, don't, don't ask me too much about football in June. Apparently, I'm a downer. I don't. I don't mean to be. If we had, I this, believe in Joey McGuire. If I just, we had this conversation in August, we're like five and one. Baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> Kansas State, we're kicking that ass, man. Yeah. Oklahoma State, they lost their defensive coordinator. We're going to put 45 on them. Who gives a sh- who? Yeah. A paddles? No, yeah, worry about man. it. Let's go. Kleinman's fighting for his job. He's gonna, this will be the, He won't have won a game. Kleinman, Kleinman, whatever. Sarkeesian's we're going to we're going to get him fired. <laughs> Sarkeesian will 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 be fired on September 24th. 25th. They'll fire him the next morning. No, they won't wait. <laughs> they lock him out of his office coming back from the game. Nah, man, just go ahead and just keep on walking. That's it, brother. That's it man. You know how to get to Austin. Post bye week schedule, a little more favorable. At home, West Virginia. At home, Baylor. At TCU. I think, and that's, and that you have four games coming after your bye. You could be one in four going into your bye. Going into week 11, you could be five and five. You, yeah. You could rattle off four games after your bye week. West Virginia, Baylor, TCU, Kansas. For once, you have the chance to have a pretty strong October, November. Maybe not November, but uh, uh, <laughs> but definitely October. Iowa State is up next on the 19th. Then you finish out Thanksgiving weekend at home which is interesting versus Oklahoma. Let me see the 26. I'm assuming that's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it wouldn't, it won't be one of those weird Friday or no, because the, the week before is on the 19th. So it's a good, oh, okay. It's yeah. A full seven plus days. seven. Got it. So the last time I remember Texas tech playing at home on that weekend was 2008 versus Baylor. And it was for what it was. It's was actually a fairly sparse crowd. Oh, it was a super sparse crowd. It was like, you guys are we're ten and one or eleven. No, we were yeah ten and one, trying to finish out the regular season against Robert Griffin the third. Right, but it was, was it. He was still there, wasn't he? Two thousand eight. I don't even know if Bryles was there. Baylor. Yeah, he was. I guess he was. But this was this was pre. This was this would have been like first year Robert Griffin. Yeah. This yeah, one, he was there in 2008. Yeah, you're totally right. Because I went to the next game uh, the, the year after that. They were 4-8 and eight that year. He was a freshman. Robert Griffin III was a freshman in 2008. I don't remember him playing much, though. Maybe he did. 160 completions on 267 attempts, 2,100 yards, 15 touchdowns. I just meant that day. He didn't do that that day. That was all that day. It was a rock fight. And Crabtree rolled his ankle or broke his ankle that day. Well, or Harold foot. hurt his hand. Harold blew up his hand on his own team's helmet. Yeah. It was it was an ugly game. But I I'm not one of my it. one of my uh, all time favorite pictures of the stadium that gets used a lot. It's actually on, on like Google image search of Jones eighteen stadium was at I, I took it at that game. It's yours. It's your handiwork. Hmm? Do you get royalties or something? Not at all. Do they send you a check? No, hey, Spencer, but I, I'm, someone downloaded your photo. I'm going to look it up real quick and show it to you. I'm sure you've seen it. Here's 0.0000074% of a Bitcoin. So if you were to search stadium pictures, it's not like top row. One, two, three, 
for five rows down. Oh, I have seen that photo. That is a good one. That's nice the Baylor. Yeah. You can, if you zoom in down here, the yellow and green hats, I wish this was back in the day when we're the student section was split by the band. Oh, and they were on the 50. Yeah. So you had the band microphones and or not microphones, the speakers right in front of you. Anyways, tangent. So five and five going into Ames. I think it's possible. Ames tough. Bryce, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, both gone. Yes. Although Brock Purdy does throw some really, he, you know what? He always played pretty well against tech though. I think, I, I think he may have had a couple of bad games, but his, even uh, the games you beat him with the game, you beat him last year. Like he orchestrated that comeback to tie yeah. it late. There, there were stretches in some of those games. He'd have some turnovers, but it, never the backbreaking ones you saw him do <laughs> in like big 12 championship games or against OU or Oklahoma state. Yeah. yeah you're like, man, why can't we, why can't we get that Brock Purdy? Why can't we get the one that collapses with three minutes left and is just like wildly throwing balls down the field, begging someone to intercept him? No, he was he was a surgeon against us. Yeah, Texas Tech threw to last all, all four of their six nine tight ends. It was like Allen and Kolar were just twenty three personnel the whole time, carving us up. And then uh, last home game of the season, Oklahoma. I don't have the faith that Shahan does that you're going to beat Oklahoma. I don't either, but I really appreciated that pick. And and that is a very typical Texas Tech season of, oh, man, we haven't beat anybody, but, oh, by God, we beat a 10-win OU team at home. Well, I don't think they're going to win 10 games this year. Because I think he's captured it exactly. What did he say? He said, uh, a win over OU for the first time since 2011 to finish the year would have Lubbock on fire, even with the 4-8 and eight season. That is so accurate. That is Do you very that? accurate. Do you remember that 2011 win? Yeah. That, that, never mind. That's not the one I'm thinking of. I was thinking about the 2009. I think it was the last year they. No, it wasn't last year. It was where they seven. had. They it was had 07. Landry Locker, not Landry Locker. Landry Jones, his quarterback. Okay. They wore their like You're all white Nike. Well, they're of course they're Nike all white jerseys, uniforms, and Taylor Nick Potts just carved OU like a Thanksgiving turkey. I remember that. I think my friend got married that day. 2009. That was, that was a good one. 2008 was not a good one. No, let's not talk about that 2007 one. 2007 was a good oh, one. Oh, wait, was in Norman, too, so that doesn't... 2011 was in Norman. Also true. Peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah. Anyways, so I think, again, this is June 21st. I think I'm more on board with excitement for the football season and having it not tied to a win-loss record. I'm not saying, I'm excited we're going to win six, seven, eight games this year. I'm excited for Joe McGuire. I'm excited for the direction the program's heading. Record almost like, I mean, obviously winning is more fun. Sure. And we're going to get in the middle of it and go, oh, man. Winning three, going four Going on a one-and-six stretch sucks. It's going to suck. <laughs> This is this is rough, but but yeah, I, I think it's wise for us to take that approach with this season. And because I I forgot, I think it was one of the 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 double T guys. They tweeted out, they tweeted the schedule and said, "How do you think this is going to go?" Or maybe it was Ramblin'. It may have been Ramblin' Raiders. Sorry if I didn't give the right credit. 
they basically tweeted out a graphic of the schedule and said, how do y'all think the season's going to go? And there were a lot of eight and fours and a lot of seven and fives. And I'm like, guys, I'm not, Hey, <laughs> there were a lot of replies to Shea Honda data. was like, they're going to win eight, nine, 10 games. Like, oh, my goodness. Pump those breaks. Guys, we haven't done that in over a decade. Let's yeah. give, give the man room to breathe because he's trying to rebuild the roster. And he's yeah. trying to do it. Not with an immediate fix. Yes, he's gone after some really high-level transfers. He's also been trying to develop the freshman class and recruit high school. Yeah, and he's basically built his own Joey McGuire effect where he will offer a guy, and then the next thing you know, they're like one of the top 150 recruits in the country. (laughs) Oh, he's not rated, never heard of him, and the next thing you know, oh, he's 137th recruit in the country. Okay. Good job. And I think Good you job, team. saw some of that today. Now, granted, it was this was all internal. So in Texas, I got a, a commit today with a, from an athlete. He plays like 18 different positions on a 22-position sport. I, I looked at his recruiting profile that he listed himself as like, what don't you play? Basically, offensive line, defensive line. Anyways, literally everybody on the coaching staff was tweeting about what a big-time recruit this was. Kid from South Carolina. And they talked about his speed. How there you fast go. Fast he's going to be. Yeah. So, anyways, so football. You may be four and eight this year, five and seven. I trying to lock this into my brain on the record. If you win three games this year, it'll be okay. Oh. You if still you, think, well, if you win, well, three, three is going to be difficult. Four, five, I think will be okay. Six, obviously like, well, hell yeah, here we go. We're building on the right, right step. Let's not forget, like Baylor has had, that was immediately where I was going to go. Like within the past five years, like two, one win seasons. Yeah. And then went seven wins, 11 wins. Yeah. Well, they had, let's see, it wasn't one win. They had, it was, the COVID year was, they were two and seven. Two and seven. And then they went like, it was just as bad a couple of years ago. No, I mean, no, sorry. Yeah, it was one and 11. A couple in, years before that. And um, that was their Jim Grobe year. It was before they hired Rule. Was it? I thought, no, no. Grobe was seven and six. Rule's, Rule was one and 11. Okay. He completely owned the one and 11. And, and everyone knows all the attrition that happened you know, with players leaving and, and rightfully so. And my cat is going nuts behind me. I'm going to have to like escort him out. But this is just, that that's a good point. What you're saying is yes. Let's not just assume that that's going to happen everywhere to go one eleven and then seven and six and then 11 and three, you know, and go to the sugar bowl. That's not going to happen every time. But, but yeah, with, with McGuire, you at the had, helm, McGuire was on that staff. Yep. He saw it happen. He saw what, what it took to get there. Well, he saw Aranda. You know, Aranda only won those two games, and then they won 12. So he's seen it twice. <sighs> it's pretty good. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, win-loss record this year may not. Right back. No, you're fine. Win-loss record this year may not be the ultimate deciding factor of long-term success under Joy McGuire. And I would just say, like, you just need to be prepared and okay with that. If you only win, if Texas Tech only wins three or four games this year, that to have patience and confidence that McGuire is doing it the right way, doing it the way that you're supposed to be doing it, the way that he's wanting to do it. 
to ultimately build this program back up. So with that, I think we're going to wrap up and get to what we learn and get on to the off season. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So what did we learn? So Father's Day was this weekend, but I'm going to, I'm going to go first because Michael's just getting reset situated. There was a tweet in an article today by Rob bro. If you haven't seen it yet, it's a personal journey of his own and I'm not going to, I'm not going to take anything from the story because it's, it's his story to read. You, you absolutely should go read it. It's on kkm.com. Um, one of the things I took from it was how important self care is. Now I'm married to a, an aspiring professional licensed professional counselor. She is in counseling. She is a counselor, therapist, whatever you want to call it. She is in her clinical rotation. So she is seeing patients right now, clients, whatever you want to call them. Um, she graduates here in a few months and then we'll go full time into seeing people. I, I can't tell you enough how very important it is to take care of yourself in whatever way that means. Obviously you want to do it the right way and, and not be self-destructive, like enabling bad habits or illicit drug use or whatever. Sure. But especially if you go back and read bro's article, like there are things that we all have to deal with that often start with taking care of ourselves. Often it's physical health and mental health. And they're so closely related to your overall well-being. It's so very important. I know I, this is not, this is not the, <laughs> this is not the, a mental health podcast. Samantha listens to plenty of those as part of her, her coursework, but putting a plug in there. It's very important. Yes. Take care of yourself. And however that is. And like you said, mental and physical can go hand in hand quite a bit. Yeah. Whether it's like you need to set healthy boundaries between work and home life. Yes. Take time off. Don't be, don't feel so guilty about using PTO. Don't let your employer guilt you into not taking PTO. Seek help if you need it. Like, I know that this is a, a, a covenant perspective, but there are so many resources available to anybody out there, mental health or otherwise physical health offered to you a lot of times through your own company's benefit package. You just take advantage of it. Well, and that's something the same. That's something I took from bro's article too, is just the being, being vulnerable and making the time to uh, meet with someone who can help you. And that's something I've, I've never done or really attempted to do. Maybe when I was younger, I would to some extent, but it's probably something that would be, be beneficial for me and probably would be for a lot of people. So something I'm, I'm even going to look into a little bit more. One of the things that, that Samantha has talked about a lot lately has been the, the, the purpose of a counselor, a therapist, whatever you want to call them, a counselor. She's a counselor. Is that by the very nature of that relationship is they are a completely unrelated, unbiased third party to whatever is happening. They can provide the perspective of what's happening and help you navigate through that because you may be having family drama and, and issues and all, all kind of stuff. You go to a counselor. Yes, they are on your side, 
but they're not going to like just cape up for you if you're in the wrong. They're, sure. they're, they're going to be like, well, there's some, there's some opportunity there <laughs> to, to work on, uh, on being, you know, self-aware of, you know, all the, the, the great things that they would, how they'd phrase it. Um, and if not, they're like, okay, well, so then this is how you can help communicate better your expectations for that relationship. The, all these things I learned by osmosis from being next to this amazing woman as she's going through all this stuff. And also she does like, she, she doesn't, I, I'm not, I'm not a client of hers. That's, that, sure, that's something yeah. that, yeah. that we've established early on, but she just like, she shares some of her learnings and takeaways and lessons, all that kind of stuff is like, man, these are so important. It's like, well, we can implement those now. Take care of yourself. Michael, Father's Day was the weekend. How was it? It was good. It was it was very good. Uh, kind of started off Saturday morning getting to see Lightyear, like we mentioned. But I'm not going to go into it too much. I mean, I don't I don't guess there's a lot of spoilers you can really say for Lightyear. I'm not. I didn't go back and. Well, that's not really how Star Command was portrayed in the original toy story movie you know i i don't care i've watched fun. those movies a lot recently because hayden's all about buzz it's oh, one, yeah. of the, one of the few words he can say he says a lot yeah buzz yeah he enjoys it my uh, uh my five-year-old super into buzz Lightyear too and so she was like grabbing us the whole time not the whole time she's just like super excited yeah, she was so excited like, oh what's gonna happen and so she's um she loved it we had a blast the three of us getting to do that saturday morning also, it's very cheap to go to the first showing Saturday morning. It was $21 for all three of us to have a ticket. It's even cheaper if you don't buy a ticket, but go on. <laughs> if you don't buy a ticket, I, I just I, go walk in. We talked about that, right? When, when I went to the, the Top Gun showing, there was literally nobody there that checked oh. tickets. Yeah, you, you, you did. Could, and and you they, they sold you walked in. a bucket and a cup to serve yourself popcorn and drinks. You could have walked in your own bucket, got popcorn, got a drink, kind of icy even. One of the biggest movies of, well, the, the big release of the weekend. And yeah, a lot of empty seats at the 1020 showing on Saturday morning. So Shocker. <laughs> maybe we're not saying to take Spencer's advice, but... It's super risky, right? Because, consideration. because the way you buy movie oh, tickets now... Oh, this is your seat. You could just... Yeah, you know, F15 is my seat. Oh, oh I, I misread that. Oh, I'm, on, I'm on E15. I'm on e. and then, like, you do that like four or five times. <laughs> oh, I'm on B3. Sorry. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah. I you're probably pretty pretty good if you're just like a couple of groups in. <laughs> you're not on the aisle. You're not in the middle. You're not in the top row. You're not. In, here's some probably ways to do it. Anyways, you went to go see Lightyear. Yeah. Your little girl. That your was wife. That was Saturday. Great time. Sunday. Um, did you grill something? Do you smoke something? No. Did, I, did they cook you something fancy? No, we, we were. Okay. I don't sorry, know. I'm trying we we kind of didn't get into the food mm. thing this weekend for whatever, because Sunday I wanted to, um, I wanted to do work on the lawn. It looks great by the way. Thank you very much. So I, I spent a good chunk on Sunday working outside and I met with my neighbor behind, uh, you know, on the other side of the alley behind me. And he and his wife are out there working on the lawn almost every time I am. And we talk and say hello. And he homebrews. And he, he's asked me, hey, you know, come over when you're done. And, and you know, we'll, we'll have a beer. And I'll, I'll share with you what I've got and stuff. And I, I mean well every single time, like all year. He's basically giving me the same invitation. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I will. I, I'd love to. And then something will come up and I kind of forget or 
But I was determined on Sunday. I was like, I am going to go over there. And I'd had uh, some of his beer before. He'd, he'd given me a couple of bottles before. Really nice guy. And his beer is legit. I must say, is it good? Is he good yes. at it? <laughs> he is very good. Uh, you know, I, I had a foray into home brewing in like the, I don't know, 2012 through 14-ish. And it was didn't go well for me. I was not very good at it. But my neighbor is excellent. And so I got I went over there and I had I got to sample four of the ones. He has four currently on tap that are ready to drink. And then he's got three or four that are aging and or, or not there no, he's got more than that aging. He's got like a he's got a sweet setup. He's got this big kegerator he's built that's got like nice. ten taps on it. He had a really nice Hefeweizen, he had a a, a brown ale, um, he had a Bach, and then I think the IPA was my favorite. Out of out of all those, but the brown ale was really good too because I haven't had a good brown ale in a while. Any, anyway, Father's Day recap. It was a great day already. Uh, I got to work on the lawn. Went over to a friend's house, had a couple of really good beers. Came back, and then the present that my five year old gave me was a um, a Star Wars Lego set, and we put it together. Nice. So, that, how was your Father's Day? It was good. So Smith is a. Uh older brother came into town and we, we spent time with them. We went to um, we did some church service Saturday morning. Um, and then we did our Sunday dinner on Saturday night. So they could be there cause they were going to drive back to Dallas on Sunday. We got together at my, my brother-in-law's house in Abernathy and he grilled steaks on his Blackstone. And Oh, how was that? Sear it. I really, I really like my brother-in-law. These were the most well done steaks of every <laughs> So it happens. They, they it happens sometimes. He was it just trying to get distributes heat too well, doesn't he it? He was trying to get a good sear on it, but they were they weren't thin steaks. They were thin enough that it was like just a matter of like a minute too far, and it yeah. went from medium to well to done. Well. Yeah. Um. And then it carried over because like he had to, he had to hold some in the, in the, in the oven and anyways, company was, was better. We, of we, course, we, we of course, spent, you know, it was all a, of us together. You mentioned grilling. I had to, I'm sorry. I had to ask. No, it was, it was good. Um, and then for father's day dinner, like we decided we were just going to stay home. We were going to do some weird partial family dinner. So we just did our family dinner. And so I was like, well, do you want to do steaks? Like I can't do steaks two days in a row. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I could have done some ribeyes and been, you know, like, ah, that's how you eat a steak. <laughs> um, so like, I just, on a whim, I was, I was looking at some, uh, Reed Drummond recipes, Pioneer Woman. And, uh, just whatever reason, the, which he called a cowboy casserole caught my, it's a tater tot casserole. Oh, okay. Caught okay. my eye. I tried it. I wasn't a big fan. Really? But, yeah. That is my wife's go-to her her mashed potatoes. That's that's just Allison makes them that way every time. Just exactly how Reed Drummond makes them, and they are so good. Yeah, so good every time. There's Philadelphia cream cheese involved. There's a certain method to it. So if if you ever want to try some mashed potatoes, the Pioneer Woman won't yeah. steer you wrong. There. It's a shame. It's a shame about the cowboy casserole though, because that does sound right up my alley. Lots of leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> Cause One I made it like, uh, 
this wasn't there, that there, great. There wasn't a way to to reduce the size of the recipe because it called for a pound of hamburger meat. I guess you could have cut it and it's like a package of tater tots and oh yeah, package and then what of do you shredded do with, cheese. What do you like do with a half, half a packet? I guess you you could have had a bunch of half, like a half half thing of frozen corn, a half thing of spinach, and all this kind of stuff. And how do you cook that? Because y'all have got four people to feed, and you're like, well, here's half a bag of corn for <laughs> us to yeah. eat randomly later. So the cool thing was, uh, I, it, so you cook bacon first because that goes on top. That um, is the cool thing. And then you you leave the grease in there, and you cook onions. And you get them all soft and caramelized, and you throw in garlic. And then your ground beef, you drain that off. Then you put in your cream of chicken or cream of mushroom soup, milk, cream, spinach, corn, shredded cheese. And then you layer tater tots on top. And then it said to throw it in the oven. I was like, I'm going to throw it on the smoker. And maybe that was the mistake. Oh, well, you left this part out. So I, I put it on the smoker. Yeah. I don't, there's just something about it. I was just like, it may be the smoke flavor, maybe in the seasoning. I don't know. Didn't, didn't hamper my father's day experience. Just the meal Sunday night was not as expected. It's a shame. I hope all you had a good father's day. Yes. Happy father's day to all the, all, all the dads out there and everything. Father yeah. figures. Hope it was a good one. Hope you guys are uh, taking care of yourself. It's, like I said, super important. Good reminder from that article that you should all go read it. Rob bro, kkm.com. Um, we're, we're, this is, this is probably the wrong time to do it. We're, we're heading to the real off season. We're going to take, take some time off, especially next week. So if you don't hear from us in a while, it's okay. It's off season. We'll but, be back. Yeah. But for Michael, I'm Spencer. It's going to be personal. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas tech red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 personnel, Spencer at punt suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK and find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Mm-hmm. 